NBA basketball fans, welcome back to the NBA Playoff Banter Podcast. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk the NBA Finals, and boy, do we have a series now. The Heat pull another comeback, something that we've documented on the show and all the 10-point comebacks they have this year during the postseason. The Miami Heat tie this series up 1-1. Of course, we'll recap last night how they did it um, a variety of ways, obviously, but they knocked down shots. That was the key. They, they hit some big shots, you know, in certain clutch moments. And then also on the Denver side, I mean, if you look at the odds now, it all of a sudden shrunk for them winning the series comparatively to where it was after game one. Um, their defense, or lack thereof of defense intensity, showed up. It was there in game one as far as showing up, not being there. Um, but Miami could not hit a shot. That's the biggest thing. We do have some audio of Coach Malone breaking it all down, but he makes a point, and, and it's kind of like the first time this postseason where you're like, huh, Denver not playing good enough defense, and it's clear now. Um, so let's see what this means. Um, but either way, I'm really happy as a basketball fan that we have a 1-1 series because down to zip, have to win four out of five. One of those have to be on the road against Denver clicking. It just didn't seem all that possible. Not to say Denver won't win the series, but it's a lot more interesting. So we're going to break down game two. We'll kind of correlate that to game one as well as we recap and then look forward to what, you know, both my co-host and I were sitting here talking before we hit record saying, you know, this thing's going game six now, at least. And let's hope we get a game seven. Um, so we'll talk all about it. Um, we also have <laughs> a Kyrie Irving report that I actually forgot to talk about with my co-host. But the, the, the report of – it's just so goofy, dude. It's just perfect. It's just Kyrie. Let's just put it that way. It's the, the, the Dallas, LeBron. It's just like, really, dude? Is this really what you're thinking? That This is your leverage? You think – what are they going to give them? Anyway, uh, we'll get into it in just a second. And then, of course, like I said, we'll, we'll preview and predict a couple games coming up, what we feel like is going to happen. We've already made our full prediction. We're not going to budge away from that. But uh, overall, this thing just got really, really interesting. This is your first time listening to the NBA Playoff Banter Podcast. Welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope it open. Download the show directly there. You can find this basketball show under rope dope radio on Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple uh, Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher, and a host of other places while you're at it. Why don't you head on over to thegroomingtruth.com and Sports News 24. One more thing. Get your TV together without the hassle of cable. Stream the best entertainment, and sports, starting with 75 live channels, plus learn how to get premium channels included for the first three months with qualifying packages. No annual contract, no hidden fee. Sign up today, Direct TV Stream. Okay. They do have a really good deal where they're taking $10 off uh, per month for three months. Uh, you should definitely check it out, Direct TV Stream. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall. 
what's going on, Marshall? You know, I just be you know being down two zip to this squad, having to win four out of five. Like I said, it's is it would have been really really tough, man. We know it's not impossible, but it it's tough. So now that we got a one one series. Like I said, this thing is wide open, and it, 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 it just made it that much more interesting. You're on mute, sir. Maybe you're having problems with the mute. I don't know. Good morning. Good afternoon. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> All right. This has to be the best true team in the playoffs. Now, most skilled. Probably not, but the best overall. We're talking about Denver. When when I think of stuff just for Miami, when I think of just from uh, from like a coaching standpoint, like they just they don't give a shit. You had their craziness against uh, Milwaukee, (coughs) down fourteen points in a couple different fourth quarters. No big deal. They made the Knicks look like an embarrassment. Boston, you blow three games off. Oh, we'll just come back one seven. Like this is a true just overall team. And it's just scary how good they are. Now, from a skill standpoint, Chris, for sure, Denver probably has more skill. If you were to be the GM of a team, who would you take? Miami or Denver? You're probably gonna take uh Denver because they have Jokic and they have Murray. You got a athletic guy like Michael Porter Jr. But I, I just think it and it comes down to even the GM and the head coach, who I've, I, I, I rave about him every day. I'm, I, we were talking about Taylor Swift having a concert coming up. I guess I'm like a, a boy band fan for Spolstra. But, dude, th- this th- it's just such a well-ran organization. You can't just throw that out that we were talking about a goddamn – got to add some context if you're going to talk about we were talking about Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were thinking about going to a we're boxing – We are talking about a boxing match, okay, <laughs> that happened to do with hotel, uh, hotels in Minneapolis. Jeez, Louise. So uh, – it, it it is ju- and I and I think the part of the reason why the team is resilient is just because of just the nucleus of the squad that they are, because it, it, a lot of teams could be rattled, and I just don't. It, if you can bounce back when multiple games are down twelve to thirteen to fourteen points on the road, like I just don't think anything phases them. I think the whole world thought that after you blew a three zero lead. And it had a heartbreaking, heartbreaking loss on a tip-in for game six. Hey, you're going to go back to Boston, yeah. place we jumping? Didn't care. Like, again, could the Nuggets win the title? 100%. But will it be due to Miami, like, folding or, like, chickening out? Like, no. This team's DNA is insane. So um, it doesn't overall surprise me that they won game two. And – I mentioned the DNA of the team because one of my main points, which you referenced with the the post-conference was, and I I like Mike Malone. A lot of coaches in sports, any sport we talk about for a podcast, whether it's football, basketball, we're BSing about hockey, soccer, any sport. So many coaches just give you that cliche, media, soft-driven answer. Malone has now called his team out multiple times in the playoffs saying, like, my team wasn't ready to play. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, they came out flat. He called them out against the Lakers. And he called him out last night about how, hey, like, my guys weren't playing that good. We came out flat. It's game two of the finals at home. I'm not quite sure why we did it that way, but um, it was kind of an embarrassing start, and it is what it is. But, again, why would a team 
choose to have an embarrassing start, Chris, when you're at game home in the finals, you've never even won a championship. Like what you're taking your foot off the gas in your head coach's mind for what? Like you ain't, this ain't Jordan and the bulls. Like I, it, it, it was a surprising comment to be made. And also shows you again, the mental mindset of, well, the heat ain't taking a game off. You sure as hell better not. Yeah, no doubt about it. And we were talking about a lot of people been talking about, man, they just didn't, you know, Miami couldn't hit shots uh, in the first game. And, could have looked and said, you know, Butler could have had, you know, 13 or 15 assists, um, you know, in game one. I mean, they just weren't hitting shots. I mean, you know, Martin had a good game, but if you – or no, not Martin. Uh, Martin was actually one for seven, and Struess was 0 for 10 in that game one. I mean, they and these shots were wide open, and we'll get into that a little bit, you know, deeper as the show goes on here as we get into some detail and we'll talk about that audio but just talking about the actual game Kevin Love actually didn't do a a ton Uh, he wasn't the starting lineup though Uh, didn't see a bunch of minutes down the stretch or anything like that but um, you know Struess came out next thing you know he's like three of four I think he ended up four of seven from three or something I mean he was he was going nuts and they got a big, you know, it was like 21 to 10. They got a nice lead. But then just like that, you know, it's it's all of a sudden a really tight game. And you're like, I think they got up to like 24 to 24 to 12 or something like that. But then all of a sudden Denver came, you know, rushing back. Um, and they were on a 16 to 3 run in, in le- like in less than four minutes. And they got the lead. Now all of a sudden they're up like, you know, 48 to 35, and you're like, what the hell just happened to this? Uh, Denver was like 6 to 7 from the field goal, or, you know, from field goal range. They were just on fire, and you're thinking, well, that was it was a good run, but uh, this isn't going to, you know, they're screwed now. They had their little chance to have a hot start, um, but, you know, it didn't work out. That's what it kind of felt like, like, wow, you just gave up. And someone actually tweeted that they gave up a – Miami gave up a – a 40 to 14 run and still won the game on the road. Like that shit was really crazy. But key for Miami is cut that lead. They had an 8 0 or 10 0 run, something like that. Cut it to 57 57 51. Um, and, you know, Jokic really came alive scoring. I think he had 18 in the third quarter, ended with like 31 points, I think, in that quarter. And they were just spreading the ball and, 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 you know, I mean, Butler, speaking of spreading the ball, he was spreading the ball. Bam was doing his thing. But, like I said, the third quarter was definitely Jokic in, what was it, 83 to 75, something like that at, at the end of the third. Miami had times where they're caught up to him and then would push back. Caught up to him. I think they tied it up um, 66-66 at the 8:32 mark. But then it was like, well, Denver did Denver again. And then Duncan Robinson went nuts, like you said, hit two threes, scored nine. Uh, Miami just scored nine quick points. I think he had ten, all ten. Duncan Robinson in the third, or in the fourth, and they hadn't had that lead since that first quarter jump. And then all of a sudden, it was eighty six, eighty five after a ten zero run. And I think they started out six for six uh, in the first three or four minutes of that fourth quarter, and it was like, okay. Here we go. We're tied up. And then they actually extended the lead. And, and some of the things that you're talking about, the head coach talking about Malone, Pope following 
Lowry on a three. I think they had two other jump shoot. You know, the discipline falls on jump shooters. Um, and it was like, shit, I think there was like a 29 to 12 run. And, you know, I mean, it was like, what the hell's going on? And four or five and three, nine to 10 from field goal range and fourth. But then all of a sudden, Denver started coming back. Yeah, they stretched it to 107.95. Back-to-back three-pointers, a mid-ranger, boom, by Murray, I think it was. I think Murray hit a three, and it was 109.106, and you're like, uh-oh, hold on. But in the end, they did get it done. Butler, who struggled from the field, came up clutch down the stretch. They got the job done, but, you know – you could definitely see that defensively, you know, that's the only thing that you could really point to Denver this season is, and just as a whole, the last couple seasons, was defense. We knew that their offense was great, but we've seen a pretty solid, it's kind of like a team that has a top five offense uh, in football, right? And then if you can be like top 15, top 20 defense, you're going to be fine. You know, you're going to be okay, especially if you have a really good quarterback. Well, that's always what it kind of felt like. They they weren't playing just crazy defense, per se, in this postseason. But it was better. It was like a notch up. It was like that extra notch up. And you're right. I mean, they they in both games, in both games, they weren't playing great defense. They, they did let, you know, they did have let downs defensively. And mostly the Heat. Hit shots. That was the biggest difference. And I do want to kind of reference that. I'll, I'll, pl- I'll play the, the Mike, Michael Malone uh, press conference clip, and then I'll let you take over, sir, because uh, he did really say it like that. I mean, this is NBA Finals, and we're talking about effort. That's a huge concern of mine. And tonight, you know, that the starting lineup to start the game is 10-2 Miami. Start the third quarter. Um, and we just got – you know, we had guys out there that were just – whether feeling sorry for themselves and not making shots or thinking they can just turn it on or off. Uh, Miami came in here and outworked us. There's game plan breakdowns, personnel breakdowns. Um, as I mentioned after game one, the fact that they got 16 wide-open threes was concerning. They didn't make them. And so we got lucky in game one. Tonight they made them. So it was definitely a breakdown in communication. It was definitely a breakdown in our game plan. And uh, we had a hard time getting stops. And then we had a hard time getting uh, made baskets on the other ends. So, I mean, pass it back to you, though. What did you think of that fourth quarter? And just in general, now they've tied like three teams, I think, three or four teams. Now It's something we've documented as well. Um, Seven comeback, ten-point-plus 10-plus point comebacks uh, in postseason here. Uh, let's say they trailed by 15 at one point. The Heat uh, had seven of them in back-to-back years, 2011-2012, the Warriors last year, and now the Heat this year. Uh, just that never, you know, never say die mentality. But what did you think of this fourth quarter and how they just went on a rampage, but Denver, to their credit, damn near caught up and forced OT. I think the fact that you're getting the Duncan Robinson from three years ago is huge. This is a guy that, like, when he came to Miami, was on, like, a great run. He kind of degressed for the past two years. Now he's kind of found his rhythm again. Also, you have, for the, like, literally for the past, for the whole playoffs. And it wasn't just all shooting either outside, no. you know. He actually would go to the rack and stuff like that. 
And and he only took again, three threes, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and it seems like literally every single game, Struess and Vincent and Martin hit shots for you. So yes, like Jimmy Butler's the captain, but in 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 that it's either it's like it's either Robinson, Struess, or Vincent and Martin, and like one of them's doing something. And I think that's one of the reasons why again they are where they are is because you have a selfless team. There's so many teams, even the NBA, where it's like, this is our guy, this is our guy, we're good. When you watch the Heat play, Chris, I really don't feel that offensively. Like, they have an offense, and I remember talking about this when we did our podcast when they started that series up against Boston, where I I, I remember referencing to you literally about how when you – their offense, it's consistently setting pick and rolls on the perimeter – and someone gets a wide open shot that they've mastered it down, but you can do that because that means you have faith in your teammates that, Hey, I'm not going to shoot, but I'm going to give the ball to my boy and he's going to hit the shot. And it's super hard to do because you do have Jimmy Butler and bam, who can take you off the dribble or kill you in the middle. But a guy like Vincent or Struess or, um, uh, freaking Duncan Robinson or Martin, Martin, they're really not that big and tough. They're actually, Miami's a small team. But especially compared to Denver, who's super long. Yes, but they don't need to be big because they just hit you up for threes. So the and they're on the right cross defensively. Yeah, uh, of of the way they pass the ball is it's just it's a fun offense to watch. It, it's not quite like Stephen Clay where it's like bang pull spot up threes like splash go on a crazy run, but they they just move the ball around so well that if you watch like the highlights of a Miami Heat game on YouTube. You're going to see corn three, corn three, corn three, corn three, and a lot of them, as Mike Ballone said, are either uncontested or they're the defender. You see a defender like running in to get your feet set, and that makes people work. Now, I will say now, are the Heat obviously giving up Jokic points for free? No, but their mentality last night, especially in Game Two, was Jokic, you can do you. We're going to put like Zeller on you. We're going to put someone on you, and you're going to get your points. But when you let Jokic get his points and no one else gets into a rhythm, that's an effective strategy yet again. So Jokic did go off last night, but the fact that you didn't see Porter or Murray or anyone else really get going, it's not a bad plan. That was sometimes the plan they had against Jordan. Now, obviously, Jordan, a different situation of team, but it, it just referencing Chris like an elite player. Sometimes in basketball, you want to let the elite player you're playing against get his and everyone else will kind of just you know, just hope everyone else you know you you just beat them and that's what they did last night. That was the um, I believe third or fourth time now in the playoffs where Jokic has scored over forty points and his team has lost every game. Now again, you're playing with fire. Like when a guy does hit forty, that is dangerous. And as you've seen, um, they really have no one that can guard Jokic due to his size and mobility and the the Heat being a smaller team. Yeah, but you still got to make him work for it. Yeah. Which I think they did, but the fact that Murray didn't go on a heater, which he can do, or Porter Jr., who's been having a pretty rough series so far, didn't get his groove going, um, the plan's working. And, again, credit for just sticking to the basics. Duncan Robinson had a really hot – he scored eight, nine points in one minute, and you start the fourth quarter, Denver had to call a timeout, and they just didn't fade away from that point on. 
Yeah, and even a struggling Jimmy Butler was able to uh, come through in the clutch. And it's you know we've documented a couple of things right you know throughout this series the comebacks and all that, but it is so true like giving up thirty something or forty something to Jokic with less you know fewer assists it is the formula. Now it's it's weird to say that, but we've seen that in the past. I mean, guys are going to get theirs, but it's we were documented. We we're talking about it. Obviously, it stood out when he had 53 points, right? And they lost. And like you said, over three now, 40 and above. But it, it gets even further with the assists. Forget the points. Just the assists in general. Um, the Nuggets during the regular season are 34 and four when Jokic has 10 assists. When it's less than 10 assists, 14 and 17. And that's regular season. You never really know, you know, who they're playing in those games. If they're mediocre teams, weak teams, yada, yada, yada. So that that definitely plays into it. Um, and then the Heat, you get them in a tight game. The Heat have now tied the all-time record with the 44th game, regular season of playoffs combined, decided by five points or less. You get them in the game close. You, you have Jimmy Butler whether it's creating or he gets his own shot, creating for others or his own shot, it just goes well. And um, and actually, speaking of that 40 points thing, uh, those three losses in 40-point games are tied for the most of any player in postseason NBA history. Um, in the odds that that happens, again, it's down. But 40 and 10 finals game, you got Jokic, Shaq, Kareem, and Wilt. Um, that, that, that's who you got there. Um, and I know stats are weird, but here's another one. Someone tweeted, the main thing forcing Jokic to be a scorer takes away the passing game. It reduces the number of threes. They only attempted 25 threes. 11 of them, 11 of them were either in transition or offensive, offensive rebound, too, which, you know, that's where you really get. Uh, and, and he had more turnovers than assists. And that's the first time it's happened, Jokic, since February 10th. Um, and that fourth quarter of the Heat shot almost 69%, man. And that's one of the best in the last 25 years. So, I mean, it, it's it's really interesting how this stuff plays out. But, um, yeah, man, it's like you kind of just like he's going to get his. You try to make it tough. You try to not have him uh, catch the ball too close, right, because otherwise it's pretty much a wrap. He'll do that. Ugly looking finger roll looping shot that he just has the touch on it. It doesn't look like there's touch, but clearly when you see the thing bounce around on the rim, there's touch. So, um, now I'll say this. Was there some bad refereeing down the stretch? The missed goaltending by Bam, stepping out of the bounce by Jimmy, uh, down the stretch? Sure. No doubt. It was actually bad refing in general, I'd say, on both sides, but you can, you could point to that. But if you look at game one, you know, there was some pretty favorable calls, let's put it that way. And this is why you also know it was defense by Denver, Marshall, because they shot 52% from the field compared to almost 49%. They shot 39% from three. You know, they got to the free throw line. And so it wasn't a down performance, hey, the shots just weren't going in. That wasn't the case. Now, you could say that for, you know, Michael Porter Jr. or something like that. But everybody else wasn't struggling, you know, per se. So that's where you know it is defense and hustle and all that because they play good. They play damn good offensively. 
you know, they didn't have 18 threes, but they didn't, they weren't struggling from there. Um, and then also game one, Miami had two free throws. Hey, they were two at two hundred percent, but they only had two free throws, right? And now in this one, 18 to 20, you know, 18 to 20, which that really, really does, uh, you know, make a big difference in general. Um, and bam has just delivered his last three finals game, backing it up to 2020, 24, 11 and five assists. He is speaking of other shit. He is their point guard, dude. You know, I mean, he is a point guard as well for them. Uh, get, you know, we obviously give Jokic the most credit for being a big point guard and all that, but he's a damn good point guard himself. Uh, so now this series is wide, wide open. Um, and, and me, both of us think it's at least, you know, it's, it's one, one or at, the Miami won't lose both home games. So now you're in game six in, in both of our minds. That's what I'm so happy about, dude. That we have a series because you know you go down two zip, it's tough. Any other uh, items from the fourth quarter or, or just in general when it comes to the first two games of the series as we move to Wednesday and Friday game? No, I, I think we summarized it pretty well. Like we said, I'm happy that the we have a one-one series. Um, I guess my last point would have been I really thought that if Miami would have won a game, it would have been game one due to the long layoff that Denver had. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll eat my words, and it was game two, so that's even more. They looked more... great, didn't they? They came out like 25 to 13. You're like, holy shit, rest. Again, nothing nothing phases this Miami team, though. Like, literally nothing. It's just they're, they got the DNA of a, of a, of a hard-ass team to beat. So uh, moving on to game three, as they do go from the Midwest mountain area to the East Coast. Um, as we, my co-host just said, neither of us think it's going to be a sweep. I do think you will see a motivated, focused Denver. Um, maybe, you know, because, hell, we talk about egos that, like, I coach for my kids in high school have. Hell, NBA players have egos, too. There probably was a part of Denver that's like, dude, we've not lost a playoff game at home all year. We're playing an eight seed. Like, hey, we got this shit. Like, we, we've been on a heater. We marched through the West. We're playing an eight seed. Like, even NBA players probably have some type of certain arrogance and confidence, which, you know, that's sports. But now you did get punched in the mouth. I would assume you would see a very, very motivated Denver team come game three. Who's going to be like, okay. And, and Denver, and to give them credit, Chris, Denver's proven they can win on the road this year. Like, they, they, they make pretty quick work in the Western Conference playoffs because they're winning at home and on the road. <laughs> so if you are Miami, again, not that anything phases them. But just speaking from a Denver standpoint, I would be shocked if Denver comes out flat and you hear Mike Ballone say that again, my friend. I think Denver's going to come out ready to go. Again, I'm not saying it's going to be like a 30-point beatdown, but I think we saw probably the the um, laziest defense from the Nuggets we've seen all series. I think that is you would assume – that might be a thing of the past, and you're going to see a little more of a valiant effort from Denver, especially come Game 3 in Miami a few nights from now. Now, we, now that, that may be true, right? And that is true. We, we, well, we don't know, actually. But I, I agree with you. I think we'll see, you know, I, I think we'll see just more attention to detail and all that. Um, now, Jimmy, you know, Butler, if you – I can't believe. 
Jim, you guys know I'm talking about Jimmy Butler, right? No, but um, does someone else have the name Jimmy in this series? Yeah, I'm not aware exactly. of. Is, is is the Nuggets trainer who does the laundry? Is his name Jimmy? It could be. Right. Probably yeah. no. How many basketball players are even Jimmy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jim, Jimmy Fredette's back from BYU. Yeah, Jimmer. Oh shit! Oh, I meant oh. Jimmer. I meant Jimmer. That's my. Oh, bad. okay. <laughs> Talk about the most polar opposite athletes ever: Jimmer Fredette and Jimmy Butler. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, but they're both old school and they get it done. Um, I actually saw Jimmy cooking on some kind of second rate. I don't even know what league it was. It was outdoor. They're playing outdoors. He was just cooking dudes. Anyway. Back to this, though. Um, you know, game seven, 12 to 28, you know, uh, game, and I'm talking about last series, Jimmy Butler. Um, five of 21, you know, the, in game six, did start to cook late, just like he did, you know, in this last one. But beyond the ankle, Right, because we can't just say it's the ankle because he has delivered some games since that ankle, I guess you could say, right? Um, but overall, whether it's the ankle giving him issues, he's getting worn down. 6 of 14, 7 of 19, and like I said, that 7 of 19 looks a lot better now, but for a while it wasn't. I think it was 5 of 16 or something like that. Hit a couple in a row. It makes it look a little better. My point is, he's not getting to the free throw line at the same pace in general. Uh, he only got, well, he got there five times, didn't get to the line. Nobody really did in game one. But you can back it up, you know, to, to game seven, got there once, comparatively got there 14 times the other way. So my point is, whether it's a little to do with the ankle health-wise or he's just worn out, um, they're going to need Jimmy to be Jimmy, not just with five minutes left of the game like he's shown he can do, um, but he he looks worn out, long story short. That's me, long story. I just go too long sometimes. But, yeah, he kind of looks faded right now, and that's my – Big question right now for Miami because we have this great team we talked about full of role players, uh, not your average great team, like you said on paper, but the pieces just fit in place. But the main piece has to deliver over the top. And of late, he just looks like he's wearing down. Now you're going to get a two-day break, have a game, then there's the every other, and then you're back on the two-day stuff. So that does help. But until I see Jimmy – being Jimmy, not for that, but Jimmy Buckets, I still don't know if they can win this series, like, confidently. I think that you need – I think Jimmy Butler – and so funny, I just saw a Taylor Swift commercial on TV. <laughs> um, I think Jimmy Butler needs to win one game on his own. You need – so it, let's just say best case for Miami here, Chris. Let's just say Jimmy Butler wins game three or four. And then you piece together two more team victories, which again, who are we to doubt this team? Who has surprised everyone freaking all day? Um, I think it's doable. Um, I think that the alpha side of him was like worn out in, not, I shouldn't say worn out, but it was full alpha against Miami or against Milwaukee, against the Knicks. That maybe wasn't quite as stressful. They did kind of quick work there again against Boston. You kind of see the, the treads fall off the tires a little bit. Like, again, he's he's doing his part, but 
he, he worked his ass off again there because he really is that team alpha. Because when you watch Miami play, it's Duggan Robinson hitting a three. Martin hitting a three from up top. Um, Strucer Vincent, they're driving in buckets. But at the end of the day, like, Butler's got the ball in his hands, and that whole offense kind of triculates around him. So, again, I, I think, yeah, I think he's got to have one more, like, alpha game where he drops 30. And I think his teammates can do enough for him if they're to win this series. So I get what you're saying, but and 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 I don't think he has two or three big games left in. But I think I think if he gets one of those, if he puts on a game four where he goes thirty twelve and seven, I think it's enough. And again, I know you're asking a lot because that tank is probably running on empty. But yeah, I don't I, think I, it's I, an alpha mentality. It's not the alpha though. Alpha's mentality, you know. So I don't think the mentality's there. Well, you know, yeah, well, yeah. but I'm saying, because this is what we always talk about when it comes to down the stretch and having to rely on a guy to get 30, you know, I just think he's, he's fading. He's tired. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I think, I think if you're the heat, as we transition to the Miami games, I think you have to have almost the same mindset as you do now of what just happened in Denver. Try to split it home. Like, obviously, I, obviously, Spolster, Riley, the whole team, they want to go 2-0, which they could. There, There is a chance Miami could win both games at home. But I think just for the way you are and laid out everything, and, you know, Jokic probably going to have another triple-double coming up here soon, I think your goal as the Heat is to go back to Denver and make it a best out of three. So Jimmy Butler needs to have one special game in the next two, and then you make it into a three-game series where now the pressure comes to being on Denver. Like, right. this is a Miami team, Chris – who after they lost to Atlanta in the first game of the plan was two fifty to one to win the fricking title for whatever lucky bastards that threw down money on the Miami heat to win the title after they lost their first playing game, please share a ticket with us. I'll, I'll and take Please don't bucks. make another bet in your life because you just got lucky as hell if they win. God. And, and you could, and you could wash the hell you could, you could shave the hell you could, Oh my God! You could split that if you. I mean, even if you had that, you could. Oh, that'd be a beautiful take to have. But um, yeah, I think that <clears throat> honestly, I think that Denver does kind of wake up. They have that sense of realization of oh shit, we're in a series here, guys. Let's let's listen to our coach. Let's come out. So I do think Denver kind of comes out and kicks butt game three. And again, they've shown the whole playoffs they're on the road. And then I think we're going to kind of get the. Jimmy Butler game four something special. That's or desperation Stru- again. That's back against yeah. the wall again. At that and, point, and again, that's, it, it know, comes down to the that's mental going mindset down three too. to one into Denver. Then, yeah. So I think it's kind of it's kind of a chess match where Denver came out flat because they thought it might be a bit of a cakewalk, and they didn't play their best. But then and they came out flat again to their coach's mind, which you almost never hear coaches say that. Um, and yeah, and now you're going to go back first game. Yeah, defensively. Yeah. Um, so I do think that we see a a very focused and determined um, Denver, and then I do think that Miami says, okay, we'll we'll, we'll bounce back like we've been doing all playoffs. So I, I I'll, I'll say I think that Denver wins Game Three, and I think that Miami wins Game Four, um, and I do think that in that Game Four you see that Jimmy Butler high class game and then you get back to the three a uh, best out three which I think if you're Denver you're you're excuse me if you're me you gotta be happy with that. Now again I think this is still a, a series that is winnable from either standpoint but just just to get on like one X's and O's here, 
like the, Miami has shown they really are a smaller team. So even though they won last night, like when you have people like Co- like Zeller guarding Jokic, like I know you have to put a body out there, but man, that Zeller and he, give him crazy strength. They really have no answer for that guy. Like there was a couple pick and rolls in the game last night, Chris, where you see like Struess get on Jokic, and Struess literally looks like a kid who's at like playing recess for like a second grader trying to shove a fifth grader. Like it just you know what what you you can't stop the dude. And he, as you said, he has a kind of like herky jerky run down the lane, kind of spin it off his hands for a finger roll, like he's at like a Chuck E. Cheese. Like the the, the guy makes his buckets. It it's almost does look effortless, especially as a height advantage. So what would you say to my prediction of? Denver wins three, Miami wins four. They go back to the Mile High City with a best out of three series to determine the champions. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sold that they're going to win game three. Um, It's also two days rest for Jimmy, so maybe he'll come out fresher than having a Wednesday, Friday. I don't know. But I I am sold that it's 1-1. Yeah, I am there with you. I think it's 1-1. However that comes into the place, hopefully we get a – I'm in – see – I differ. I think we will get a very competitive game, game three, though, um, rather than just they just come out. And, I'm not saying you're saying they're going to blow the doors off them from sure. 40 to 22 in the first or something like that, although I wouldn't be shocked. But, uh, but yeah, either way, however we get there, I do think it'll be 1-1. And then, like you said, the pressure. To, and then game six, once again, back against the wall, if it, if in case, you know, if it did come down to – Denver wins game five, and then, you know, I just see Miami being able to do that by then. And two days rest does do wonders sometimes. I just – I still don't – so if – I wonder. So if they go one and one, right, so is the only way Denver's going to win – or I'm sorry, the only way Miami's going to win this series is if they go 2-0 and in the next two games and be up? and have a closeout game in game six potentially? Is that yeah, really the I, only way you feel right now? <clears throat> yes, because I I think deep down inside, if Denver flips on their A game and it's like a must win at home, I don't – and, I again, I'm not, I'm not one to doubt this team because they've made a fool out of us or the, out of the people down. But I don't think Miami wins a game seven in Denver. Yeah, I, I'm, I think Miami's got to win these next two at home, 100%. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, and I just don't know if they can with um, – and I'm not making excuses. This stuff happens all the time, but they have a spread scoring. Obviously, Martin played a huge role in the last – you know, I think he averaged the most in the series. They have a spread scoring to an extent, right? Sure. But Jimmy's their number one hands-down scorer, period. Yes. You know, if you think about it, you know, on average. So – that's I just I just don't I just don't I still I'm not sold. They would have to beat win the next two, but if they win game three, they're up two to one, man. You know that. Then for sure it's going seven. But I I have a feeling that this thing's going seven in general now, based off of them winning one, only having to win one, and then maybe putting you know game six like we talked about. Uh, could be an elimination game for them, and that you know all of a sudden, you know that extra notch goes up. You get the two days off. We'll see. We'll definitely see. I will say this just for the audience, so you know, um, if you don't see a Monday show up 
Um, we're not going to, we're going to do a post game show on game five next Monday. So Wednesday, Friday, and then they, they have two days off till Monday. So instead of doing, you know, the show two, three hours before the game tips, just to let the audience know, we will be doing a post game five right then and there. Uh, then we'll be back, you know, normally on our, on a normal Monday, if in fact it goes, um, to game seven and whatnot. But I just wanted to kind of make sure everybody knew, but yeah. Prediction 1-1 in the next two games. I 100% agree. I do. And, and I hope it comes out right now. Personally, I, I want Miami to win the series. As a, as a basketball fan, I'm pulling for them. I think that would be awesome. But if I was in Vegas tonight and I'd throw money down, throw 100 bucks on who wins the series, I'm still putting money on Denver. I think they got a wake-up call, and I think you see that team reply with a, a, a solid answer. But, again, we'll see. But yeah, I, I'm happy you're I'm happy you're right, Chris. It's not 2-0 because then it's a – a little different of a sticky situation for the Heat. And I love me some Jokic, but you know I love Jimmy Butler. So Same. yeah, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm pulling for him. I'm really pulling for him. And also, it'll give our front office and Timberwolves go, huh? Let's reach any time in the future if we have a certain player that maybe he, you know. Maybe he's a meanie to some people, and maybe he's a, a tough military-style guy. Oh, fucking well, dude. This is a sport. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. stop freaking, you know. I, I, I won't go any further. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling for Jimmy, no doubt about it. But I do like this matchup from a, a basketball hardcore perspective. It's new. It's fresh. It's fun. We got the, the two leading stars, our old man game. Um, beyond, like, the rainbow three, you know, it's not like Jokic is pushing up ten threes a game or something like that. Now in the playoffs, he's been going nuts, but he's still not taking a bunch all the time. He's still got the old man game. We know Jimmy's the old man game. So that's kind of fun, too, to be like, hey, you can do other shit and be an all-purpose player and be an MVP caliber guy. So it, it is fun to see that. Um, but that's all I got, sir. Uh, did you want to finish with uh, news about the flat earther believer? Oh, and then we'll get my out of God. Here? I mean, when I, I'm glad that <laughs> you said that because when I saw the report about Kyrie Irving. This is a chance, dude who didn't talk to his whole team in the playoffs. Right. In the finals, and this is like the third trip to the finals, and he's not happy about it. He's still pissed off in the locker room for some reason. Um, and it's, this is Shams. Sources, Kyrie Irving has reached out to Lakers star LeBron James, which is tampering, in attempts to see if James <laughs> would come to Dallas. Irving, you know, Irving, a free agent. This is, so so you mean to tell me they're going to get LeBron Who the fuck? Are they going to do a sign and trade with D? Like, who, who, who are we going to do? How do you get LeBron James to Dallas without Luka, losing Luka? Luka for LeBron. Luka yeah, for I mean, LeBron. Shit, you know, <laughs> right now, if you could cash in for the future, people are like, hey, we did win a championship in 2020, dude. Let's just do it now. You know, like, yeah. it's just wild to think. And this is coming from Shams and other people, so it feels legit. And we also know it's Kyrie, so we know it's probably legit, you know. I mean – to sit there and think that you have a leverage to be like, hey, man, all we got to do. 
I'm a free agent. I'm not even – Dallas doesn't have any control of me. But what we could do is get LeBron here and have the big – it's like, dude, are you now, out of here? If LeBron and Luca played together, that would be a fun ass team to watch. I'm I'm all in favor. Hey, that'd be a slow ass team to watch too. I'll tell you that. But, but dude, you know that that security guard that doesn't check anybody in the NFL stadiums. Yeah, that's what the meme was. This is LeBron, Luca, and Kyrie on defense playing with a with a bunch of mid you know veteran guys. It's like, yeah, that would have been their defense. You think their defense is bad now? Who would they have on their team besides those three? Fair. But yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, Kyrie to think. I wonder if LeBron was like, "Is this wrong number? Or did he delete the fucking number? Like, I'll call you in July, dude. What yeah, are you? Maybe talking? someone hacked his account. I bet Kyrie got hacked. Dude, I mean, you can't make this shit up with this guy. You just can't. You really can't. Uh, we don't have these the numbers viewership wise for game two yet. But the Heat's Nuggets are, are is about three percent lower than uh, Golden State Boston, which actually is a pretty good number, considering yeah. you know considering there's not a name recognition um, on the mainstream. A lot of people get very you know oh, oh, oh well, dude, calm down a little bit. You know this is how it goes. Um, it, it, it takes a little while to get you uh, to be a name. But going into this, the NBA, according to uh, Sports Media Watch, which is a great, you know, ratings uh, source, uh, Paulison underscore SMW on Twitter, the NBA playoffs riding high uh, entering the finals as three rounds are the most watched since 2012. So entering this, and then the 23 most watched games uh, this postseason have included the Celtics, Lakers, and Warriors. So for that to be only 3%, is actually a really, really good thing. And one more thing, Jokic becomes the third player in the NBA uh, post history to have postseason history. This is ESPN stats and info. 500 points, 200 rebounds, 150 in a single playoff run. The only other players to have done that is LeBron James four times and Larry Bird once. Um, and then on the flip side, Jimmy Butler, third player in the Heat history to have 500 points, 100 rebounds, 100 assists. Uh, joining LeBron and D. Wade. So it's uh, – and actually from game one, Murray and Jokic, uh, second pair of teammates to have 25 points and 10 assists in a finals game. The the only other uh, duo to do that was Magic Johnson and Worthy back in 1987. And I think uh, Jokic had those 14 assists were the, the most for a debut in the finals, just to kind of, uh, you know – go over some fun stats and whatnot. Tyler Hero is experiencing not just soreness, but swelling. So when you're swelling, dude, soreness is one thing when you're coming back, but when you're getting, you're having some swelling, I don't, what do you do? Do you, is it worth bringing him off the bench just because if he's healthy? Just just off the bench. Not not if he's swelling, no. No, I'm saying if he, I said if he's healthy. Let's say game five or game six. But off the bench, you know, it doesn't yeah. mean you got to switch your starting lineup or anything. No, yeah, I, I, you give him five, ten minutes. If he, if, if he can go and give it a go, yeah, because you've seen that this Heat team, their their bench is not their strongest part. It, this is a, a fully put-together team of, of role players in different spots. But, yeah, if he's healthy, you for sure send him out there. All right, sir, anything and else? And on that note, 
Thanks for the support. Like Chris said, we'll be doing a post-game show Monday. I can't wait for that. As always, stay safe. Enjoy the weather outside. Play some golf. Have margarita. And listen to us next week. The boys are out tonight. Peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.